Hello, team, and welcome to Bureaucracy. I'm your host, Emily Gross, and I am so excited today because we have a blast from the past, also means like a week ago, and that we have Miles Coleman with us, the associate editor at Sabato's Crystal Ball, and he's going to be talking all about what happened with the midterms, and let's go into it, and how this was technically, people thought it was going to be a red wave. It wasn't a red wave. It was like, you'd like sit on a ketchup packet, but it's like really not that bad. You can cut the stain out. Um, it's kind of my feeling on it. So welcome back, Miles. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me again. Let's dive in. So first of all, I'm not drinking today because I have a doctor's appointment, um, but I do have a beer sitting next to me for the bit. So internally, I'm drinking beer. Externally, I'm actually drinking coffee. Okay, well that's well that's okay. I'm I'm actually changing it up a little this time too because last time I had a diet coke, this time I'm having a diet Pepsi. So wow. I'm being a little adventurous. Look at you. Big day. Big day. Um <laughs> It all reminds right. me of there there was this uh around twenty twelve, I remember this meme of Mitt Romney where like you know, like how a lot of restaurants have like the uh soda fountains, right? Yeah. Uh, so he was getting, there's like a picture of him in a soda fountain and he like gets it where like it's half Diet Coke and half regular Coke. And he says something to the effect of, well, I usually get Diet Coke, but sometimes you have to live on the wild side. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into it. Not a red wave. Yeah, it's, it's, well, I think a few weeks before the election, I was on some program and they were asking me. The media, I find, loves they love these like color analogies. Okay, Miles, is it going to be a red wave? Is it going to be a blue wave? Is it going to be purple rain? I'm like, I'm actually going to borrow from the Peter Gabriel song, and I'm going to say it's red rain. You know, it's not going to be a wave, but it's. You know, like, I think splattering. it. I think it, Yeah, right. I think it was more like red, like mist or something. You know, it's it's. But uh, not even. Just right. maybe for the house, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know our some like I think I told you on, on the the last time you know our assumption all year was that the house was going to flip. It looks right. like it's going to flip, but the Democrats had a good, had a very good showing. I mean, they, if it flips, it's going to be barely. I think the Republicans are going to get like a two twenty ish seat majority. That's like a three four seat. My majority and something. I you can't have stop to keep smiling. In, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't blame you. And like, you know, something to keep in mind too is the House is really, if you look at this past Congress, the House almost never had all of its members. You know, there right. was always some vacancy or a death or something. So it's it's going to be crazy this next session. Let's first let's dive into the Senate because last time you were on, you predicted. Senate was going to go red, like by 51, 52, right? And yeah. as of like yesterday, can confirm the Senate will be at least split majority, which means with Kamala, Vice President Kamala Harris's vote, it will be Democrat. It will be exactly. a Democratic leaning Senate, which is freaking nuts. That never happens. <laughs> so oh. let's talk about the races. Let's talk about it. You no, know, when we were putting out our Senate, Senate projections at the crystal ball last week, you know, we had the Republicans with 51 seats, which, you know, the bare majority, you know, uh, I was, it looks like, you know, I'm praying that this happens, but it looks like if we call the Georgia run runoff correctly, that which yeah. is going to be on December 6th, our only miss in the Senate is going to be Pennsylvania. 
Uh, okay. Because Dr. Oz really sort of underperformed expectations. Really, one of the big narratives that I saw in the last few weeks of that, that, that campaign is that you had these uh, right-wing pollsters kind of, quote-unquote, flooding the, the zone with these cheap polls that showed Republicans in good positions, but that didn't end up being the, the, a case. Right. Uh, so I think that's a lesson for everyone. You know, a lot of the, the polls toward, toward the end had Oz ahead or about tie. I was joking on Twitter the other day, um, but I think the last week of the campaign, we got in a poll from Marist, mm -hmm. which had Federman up six. I'm like, okay, well, this is the gold standard poll of Pennsylvania now, uh, right. because that was the only one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um, the over the weekend the Democrats, uh, you know, ended up pulling ahead in Nevada, in Arizona as well. Um, you know, I think Blake Masters. I'm I looking was, at the numbers now. Blake uh, Masters did not do great. No, we lost by six points. Uh, it's a it's lot. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I think really one of the lessons of this cycle is candidate quality. This is something yeah. Mitch McConnell said himself. I mean, right? I was actually joking about this with a Vox reporter, and they actually ended up quoting me on it. I'm like, <laughs> Masters seems like some four chan guy that they just pulled out and ran for Senate, and <laughs> you know, uh, but it's it's. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one of the results that I thought were, were, was closer than expected um, is in Wisconsin. We had Ron oh Johnson. Oh, my God. By, I th I'm looking at it now. He won yes. by like a point. A, one point, which is crazy. So, so close. You know, one thing you'll see in a lot of these races is, you know, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking, right? You know, yep. uh, during the campaign the Wisconsin Democrats were saying, you know, if you invested more in us, we could get a, a job done here. We could beat Ron Johnson. Right. You know, I think they may have at a point there, although I think Wisconsin, you know, is a state where, you know, I think with some of these states, you know, it's easy to get close, but get it over the hump is something so and else. So, you know, would that been a have been able to get Barnes over the hump? But that was a close result. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers now. He won by... 26,000. Yeah. That was so freaking close. And then what wasn't close, which I thought was kind of going to be closer, was Utah. Because Mike Lee won. And he won 54%. And McMullen only won 41%. Yeah, though I will say, you know, that is one race where, you know, we had that as likely Republican. Right. You know, keep in mind, that's uh, Lee won by 13 points. In, in 2016, when he wasn't really challenged, he won by like 40 so it oh, was, so it okay. was, so, you know, that's what I was saying as well is that with independent candidates like Evan McMullen, oftentimes what you'll see is they tend to underperform their polls because they don't have the party apparatus working right. for them. So, uh, but I mean, that was a closer race than you would expect in Utah. I would say consensus and how, how Republican of a state it is. Right. Yeah. And then if we go to Nevada, Cortez Masto, once that is such a close race, you know, and 98% of the vote is in. She looks like she's pull, she's going to win by like 0.7%, which is about 7,000 votes, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's uh, although I will say in Nevada, there are probably more votes outstanding. I think, you know, what happened okay. over the weekend was that it's it's uh, 
it was just enough for her to, to put Paul ahead. And I think that the rest of the votes are going to probably be a bit more in her favor as well. So it may be a okay. bit more comfortable, more. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, all of these are close, man. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. It's but like the Dems a, did it. They did it. Yeah. They pulled it off. They pulled it off. Freaking pulled it off. One thing, once again, uh, Hassan did really well. Old duck. <laughs> Yeah. And I think there's like all this talk about how people that were backed by Donald Trump and really played into the election denial thing, you know, you can get people out to whatever freaking event you're holding. People can hold signs. They can cheer for you. That's not actually what translate to the ballot box, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's sure. so different. And yeah. especially what and I mean, talking about what happened with Trump, people are not always honest to pollsters and people are polling, you know, and I think that's like such a difficult thing that people are starting to grapple with like you really don't know until the day when you start counting the votes you know yeah and i would say that this really wasn't the or this was probably the first election since 2012 where there seemed to be at least a big democrats really overperforming their polls in a lot of these races because you know obama in 2012 uh, he overperformed a lot of his polls but just it was such a clear result that no one really really cared you know in right in 2016, when things were more a knife's edge, yeah, people notice. Right. Um, so, yeah, that definitely. Absolutely. And for those that are wondering in Georgia, so this is obviously going to a runoff. And the reason why is because Georgia's rules are that the candidate has to get fit over 50% of the vote. Right. Majority. So although Warnock did get 49.4% of the vote, still has to go to a runoff, which poor Warnock. Two runoffs in like two years. Yeah. Well, no, he's, um, you know, if he wins, so he's going to be, I think, maybe the only senator ever who's had to run, 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 run in four elections over two years. I mean, it's, he's going to, you know, once he wins that seat, you know, if he wins that seat, he can yeah. really breathe easy because he's got six more years. years. Oh, just, my God. Uh -huh. The poor stress on that man. If he doesn't come out of it just fully gray, I mean, it yeah. will be a miracle. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's a good thing he's a preacher because he's close with God, right? Literally. So. <laughs> freaking needs it oh my god it's crazy oh and so then we got pennsylvania which we kind of talked about oz kind of fucked up really did not his numbers are not good federer yeah. got 51 percent, and oz is 46.6 that's real shit yeah yeah it's it's you know oz just really underperformed expectation you know what yeah. i thought was uh real very really interesting on that race uh sort at more of a granular level um was kind of the one of the kind of bellwether counties in Pennsylvania is Erie, which mm -hmm. is kind of in the, the northwestern part of the, the, the state. It went for Obama twice. It went for, for, for Trump in 16, mm -hmm. but barely flipped back to Joe Biden. Uh, Fetterman carried Erie by eight or nine points, which is pretty comfortably. And I was telling people it's interesting because Erie is on the opposite side of the state from New, New Jersey, <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> that's really funny and they're like yep nope sorry <laughs> he's yeah. he can never go back there you know <laughs> well that's... you know i'm sure i'm sure dr oz is going to stay in pennsylvania now right yeah right <laughs> wink wink you know until there's another election yeah. in two years and then he's going to be running in that state as well <laughs> it really is a personality context and contest. you know i think the um I mean, I think the opposite would be a Fed Fetterman because I mean, if you look at his Twitter feed, I mean, his messaging was just great. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, definitely no. 
Fetterman's campaign, I think, is one that's going to be studied for a long, long time, especially as a modern campaign in this age of using social media and using memes and just like authentic Mm -hmm. transparency. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating campaign and the people who did it did an excellent job. Yeah, for Uh, sure. Any other Senate races that you were surprised by? Uh, Senate races? uh, uh, I would say Colorado ended up being a pretty comfortable win for Senator uh, Michael Bennett. That was one that looked a bit more... Now, we had it as likely Democratic. Uh, Oh, well, it's, it's, uh, I guess, sort sort of the opposite uh, of of that if, if we're looking at a big underperformance by the down Democrats, Chuck Schumer only getting 56%. That for Yikes. him, he's usually someone who runs way ahead of the democratic ticket. Yeah. In 2016, he was over 70. Um, wow. And it just really speaks to the collapse of, I think the, uh, the uh, down, down Democrats in New York this cycle. It was funny because a lot of these races were really localized you know the yeah. republicans did well in florida and new new york they did badly in the rust belt so a lot of regionalism in this election i think interesting yeah i mean new york too with the governor race that's not something that's supposed to be close and it was right contested five, you five know or six points yep yeah yep. it's crazy and then speaking of florida too I think with like DeSantis winning, like with the landslide and Florida being almost entirely Republican, have to stop. We were talking about this like in our family group chat, which is basically just all politics and pictures of like kids and dogs. Uh Um, (laughs) Got to lighten up the mood somehow. But um, with the results of this election, kind of thinking that Florida is no really longer a swing state, you know? No, I definitely agree. You know, I don't think, no. I don't think in presidential elections it's going to be voting Republican by like a landslide that Ron DeSantis got. But I was tweeting about this the other day. It's you know, in 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 2020, we were the only forecaster who had Georgia going Democratic but Florida going Republican, which isn't what you would think looking right. at some past uh, elections. And I remember when we put out our prediction that year, we got all kind con- oh, well, are you guys trying to outsmart yourselves or, you know, no. And that ended up being, the, the, yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, definitely. Yeah. And to those Twitter people that were giving you shit, you're like, ha. <laughs> yeah. Like, Look at the yeah. results. <laughs> it's, you know, to be, you know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes our predictions bite us in the ass, but sometimes they make us look like geniuses, right? So right. that's just how it is. <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose some, you know, you yeah. got to do what you got to uh-huh. do. So let's go on to the house. So when we spoke, you were pretty confident the house was really going to go like at least 230 Republican. That's looking like it's not going to be the case. Um, I'm on the Politico website right now. Currently, 203 Dems, 212 Republicans. So what are we feeling with the House? How are we feeling about that? So it looks like the Republicans are going to get to a majority. It's going to be very slim. They're not going to have much room for, for error. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're going to be in the 220 seat range, I think, which is basically exactly where the Democrats were after the, the a 2020 election. So, right. uh, and, you know, something to keep in mind is, you know, Pelosi definitely has, you know, she's gotten some fair criticism over that, that years, but she knows how to keep her caucus in line. Right. Kevin McCarthy, if he becomes speaker, he may not. He may get, get a, a challenge from the Republican Party. I saw, uh, I saw there was at least... I, I, 
oh, damn it, I forget who it was, but there was at least one Rav Rav Republic, uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona, who's looking to challenge him. So we'll see how that goes. But But point being, McCarthy hasn't, you know, can't control his caucus like Pelosi can, right? No. So it's um, it's going to be absolute chaos, and you have to, to, to think that like yes! there's some let it burn. Yeah, it's the most chaotic <laughs> result, and you know you have to, to think as 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 well that there are some moderate members on each party who could go with the yeah. other party on key votes. So it's going to be you know it's it's weird because we're sort of. No, we're really sort of used to these close results in the Senate, not as much right. the House. That's fascinating. And I think this is also a big, with Kevin McCarthy, you know, and Trump, like Trump played such a significant aspect and part of this midterm election. And I think Republicans are shocked as how negatively it impacted them. Because yeah, based like on still all Trump scientific tax. standing and literally... And like standards during the midterms, it's supposed to swing the complete opposite direction of the presidential right. party. The fact that that didn't happen and Republican backed candidates by Trump did shit. I mean, it's huge. And it's with Kevin McCarthy, who's like just like sucking up to Trump, no left and right, although talking shit about him behind closed doors. I think, like you said, it's going to be a very interesting future for the Republican Party and seeing where they decide to lie and if it's going to split. Someone who I've been watching over the past few years as like sort of a good bellwether uh, for the average Republican member of Congress uh, is Elise Stefanik from upstate mm. New York. When she was first elected in 2014, she was basically seen as a moderate. You had a lot of Obama to Trump voters in her district. Uh, you know, she got a bit more, more Trumpy, um, and yeah. I saw her a few days ago. Okay, uh, looking to twenty twenty four, I'm with Trump. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much weight he has. You know, he yeah. has definitely. Um, I think he cost them some candidate, uh, some races in terms of governor and senate. But uh, I mean, I think there's a block of the Republican Party that's going to stick with him. I even saw. Uh, I even saw, I think it was earlier this morning, yesterday, um, his daughter-in-law, Lara, was like, you know, talking about Florida and uh, Governor DeSantis. Well, you know, if DeSantis knows what's good for him, he's going to wait till 2028 to run, not 2024. Sorry, so. honey. That's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely, I think it's going to be a DeSantis versus Trump showdown uh, in 2024. And I think as a future Republican Party of who they want to follow as their leader. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, DeSantis, when he first ran for governor in Florida, he much ran as a Trump person, you know. So it's, oh yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. I think Trump may not have the whole field to himself. So any specific House races that were specifically interesting or that swung in a way that you weren't expecting? I would say, you know, one race uh, that is surprisingly close, it looks like she's going to pull it out, is Lauren Boebert in Colorado. You think she's going to pull it? Really? Yeah, it looks like the late votes that they haven't counted are in places that would favor her, but she was okay. down for a while. So, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not necessarily bad betting on it, but, you know, maybe she walks away from this selection, you know, a bit less, uh, you know, a bit less a bit bombastic. Less, we'll yeah. see. A bit less um, Bobert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, 
I, I was talking when we last talked about the bellwether districts in Virginia. Yeah. If, if Republicans won at least two of those three seats, they were on, on track to have a pretty good night. Well, they only won one. Really? Um, okay. You know, another seat that I thought was very interesting is in, is in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, in District 9, we have Marcy Captor, who, because she won this election, uh, she's been in the House since 1982. Jesus uh, Christ. And because she won this election, she's now the longest serving a woman ever in Congress. Um, wow. She wa- she was thought to have her challenger J.R. Majewski was very much a Trumpy type of guy. Uh, this is a district that Obama won twice, but Trump did twice as well. So the thought was she would be in some trouble. Uh, she ended up winning by fourteen points. So that to me was a wow. very big win for the de- de- Democrats. And just that, you know, I think really one of the takeaways for me of this cycle is where Republicans had strong candidates for governor, they did well. Uh, Ron DeSantis and Florida, you know, with the exception of Warnock in Georgia, most of the Georgia Republicans with Brian Kemp did well. You know, really compare that to Michigan and Pennsylvania, where their nominees for governor were basically crap. Uh, the Republicans lost most of the competitive House seats there. It's wild. You know, and I and like you said, like candidates do matter. And I think you can see that in how close Walker and um, Warnock are and then also how much better Kemp did than Stacey Abrams. Oh, sure. Definitely. You know, you can't just like spew bullshit and align with like one insane fascist leader and just expect <laughs> to do well. Like people actually kind of care what comes out of your mouth. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially and, you know. Especially in, you know, maybe this could be a good segue to the next topic, but especially in races for governor, where I think at some personal level, they have to like you, right? If you're a member of Congress, they just send you off to Washington. But if you're governor, and that's one, that's another area where the Democrats really overperformed expectations. Which races? So we had them favored to lose, or at least slight favorites to lose Wisconsin and Kansas. Uh, they oh. won both. Uh, Carrie okay. Lake in Arizona. She, you know, of course, we'll have to see where the late ballot outs go, uh, but she's on track to lose. Uh, mm. What's interesting is it looks like because uh, the Democrats, in terms of governors, gain Massachusetts and Maryland. You know, those are you know deep blue states, but 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 they have very popular moderate Republican governors who aren't running again. Um, right. So it looks like, you know, in a Democratic Joe Biden midterm, the Democrats, it looks like, are going to come out with a net gain of governorships, which is not what you were expected at the start of the cycle. And uh, what else, you know, one last thing on governors I say as well, is you had a lot of incumbents running mm-hmm. this time. Of the 36 uh, races for governor, Something like 28 of them featured incumbents. All of them made it past their primaries, and only one, uh, Steve Sisolak, in no, no, Nevada lost. So, very good night for incumbent governors. Is it generally not that good for incumbent governors? In the last, actually, since 2006, in every midterm, at least one governor has lost their primary. This was the first time in 20 years where they all at least made it past their primary. 
Interesting. I wonder if people are just kind of tired and they're like, you know, the devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't. Right. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that's even, I think that's even more interesting when, like, you think about what these governors who were elected in 2018, Mm -hmm. they've been through COVID, they've been through all kinds of stuff. So maybe, you know, maybe this past year we've had more of a sense of stability and they got basically rewarded for that. Interesting. And I want to talk about some of the trends because there's a lot of interesting trends that came out in what people were voting on. Because I remember leading up to the election, there was a lot of pushback on Democrats for focusing so much on abortion access. And it was like people care. And a lot of polls were showing that people were caring more about inflation and crime. And then once people voted and they listed what their top issues were for voting, it was inflation, which we all knew was going to be the top priority. But then it was abortion access, which I don't think... Which I was shit talking democratic strategies and be like, no, they need to focus on the issues that people are talking about. But once again, it it's different from what the polls are saying versus what people are actually putting down after they vote. You know? So I find yeah, that so, really fascinating. Yeah, it's well, what I noticed at least in a lot of the Republican ads, they did a lot of complaining, rightfully so, uh perhaps about it inflation, gas prices, but there wasn't that much of a solution, right? So right. it's, uh, um, and, you know, what was interesting is, you know, what, sort of after the Supreme Court's ruling overturn in a row, the Democrats overperformed in several special elections for Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this would, you know, that's where you would see someone like in Alaska where they had Mary Palpatola, uh, Pat Ryan won his seat in uh, New New York. There were a few other ones where just the Democrats beat expectations. Most of them emphasize abortion access, right? right. Uh, but there's sort of this conventional thinking that, yeah, I know special elections are special, right? They're lower turnout. They have right. no difference. I had this tweet a few nights ago. I'm like, you know, well, maybe those special elections weren't so special. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of Alaska, uh, Lisa Murkowski, what's uh, what's her vote saying? So last I checked, Murkowski and Chewbacca, who was the uh, her repu- her Trump backed opponent, they're about tied at forty five. There's a Democrat who's on, who's at about ten. Okay. So Alaska, I think it's going to be like next week or so. Alaska's a big state, so it takes a while for it's them cute. to get all their votes tabulated. But Alaska is ranked choice. So the thinking is going to be basically that the Democrat who's going to be eliminated, her voter's second choice is going to be Murkowski. So it seems like Murkowski would be favored, even though it looks like she's down now. Interesting. Okay. And so the last, so really the only Senate races that we're really waiting on, obviously everything's not called until it's like official. And I'm a firm believer in Sometimes the media gets a little too comfortable calling yes. beforehand, but it seems like Alaska and Georgia, which is going to a runoff, are kind of the only two that are left. Yep. Am I missing yep. it? Okay. That's right. That's right. I mean, I was talking about it being a good year for the incumbent governors as well. I think this is the first, assuming Murkowski and Warnock hold on, yeah. this would be the first election, you know, since the direct election of senators uh, that all senators held their seat. Right. Um, so pretty amazing. That's wild. And then also going back to Michigan, 
Michigan, for the first time in years and years and years, has complete Democratic, like, leadership, yes. which is crazy. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it was a big night for Governor Whitmer. Um, you know, Michigan had a, that's you know, one thing I was looking for talking about the abortion issue. Yeah. Michigan had an abortion amendment, which I think the, the pro-choice side won overwhelmingly, uh, that to me really kept that issue front and center. Uh, so I think that helped the Democrats uh, kind of down the bad ballot as well. You know, I, I was talking earlier, you know, the top of the ticket in these races set the tone for a lot of the rest of things as in each state. You know, Whitmer right. won by 10 points pretty comfortably. Right. So trickle down economics doesn't work, but maybe trickle down <laughs> politics does. <laughs> yeah, well, that was one of the, I told you earlier, like the only L we may take in the Senate is Pennsylvania. Yeah. And the thinking we thought was, you know, Oz, compared to Doug Bastriano, who's so out there, Oz may like seem reasonable. So there may right. be some ticket splitting for Oz, but you know, it, it obviously didn't happen enough. Right. I mean, based on Oz and Carrie Lake, it sounds like people are kind of tired with having media, like television personalities as like political representatives. A few years ago, I was talking to uh, one of my friends from California. Uh, and yes, it's a Democratic state anyway, but like one reason she was telling me that they were, were never uh, super impressed with Trump in California uh, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger was, you know, he left right. office very unpopular. So you, she, she's like, yeah, yeah, we don't really trust actors running, you know, in government. <laughs> no, as someone who has worked on plenty of sets, everything is fake. <laughs> well, it's, I remember people were talking a lot about the debate they had in Pennsylvania. And Oz, I think, got a lot of flack for saying, well, a woman's, you know, medical abortion choices should be, you know, her, her doctor and local elected officials, right? So that was a lot. But... Something he also said that I thought sort of slipped under the radar, but what was pretty telling mm -hmm. is they were talking about his career as basically a television doctor. He's like, you know, that's uh, that's TV. This is TV too. Uh, you know, if you're, <laughs> it, sh it really shouldn't be TV. It should be your job as a senator. So yeah, no one's watching. Listen, a debate is very entertaining and whatnot. No one's watching and thinking like, oh, let me like vote for this person to see if they'll be like the most entertaining and it's not like Love Island or like Big Brother. Right. You know, yeah. no one's no one wants yeah. a Big Brother candidate to be their representative. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> but I think another big thing that when you talk about is why the Democrats did so well is young voters, which yes. high yes. five to all of us. Thank you. Uh <laughs> But Gen Z voters turned out in massive numbers and I think voted like over 60 percent voted Democrat. That's something that helped the Democrats in 2018 as well. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's a big contrast to in 2014. You know, we'll have to see what the, the numbers end up being this year. But I remember it in 2014, which is, you know, very rough midterm for Obama, the 18 to 34. To like 29 group only turned out like 20%. It was awful. Right. Um, so it's, uh, I definitely think that was probably a big part, part of it as well. Uh, I think, you know, one of the, it, 
wasn't necessarily a poll per se, but a few weeks ago, I think it was CBS that put out a house projection that basically said, you know, they were kind of going through some scenarios for control of the house. And one of the things they had in there was, well, if youth turnout is very high, the the Dem- Democrats may hold on to the House by about a one seat vote. You know, it didn't happen, but that got close. Right. So, why do you think the polls weren't showing the young Democrat vote? Well, I would say look at the one thing I'm very interested to see after this election. Uh, is 538 does their pollster or ratings for every pollster. Right. Pay attention to what they say after this election. You know, it's, it's uh, as I said earlier, you know, I think towards the end of the election, especially, there were some pollsters putting out some very suspicious numbers. So I think you uh, pay attention to 538. You know, oftentimes, if it's a partisan poll, if it's an internal poll, mm-hmm. oftentimes there's a reason it's put out. There's an, there's a agenda behind it. You know, are they trying to set, set a narrative, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, you know, I will say it's just, for a lot of us who try to forecast these selections, just the polls have really missed in favor of the Republicans these last few elections or have more often missed in the right. in favor of Republicans. So uh, this just what this was sort of a uh, basically change from the, the last few cycles. Yeah, it's crazy what happens when like 50 percent of the population realizes that their uterus is maybe up for vote as well. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, all right. Didn't realize you got to be voted on, but that's good to know. <laughs> um, there were a couple of states that had very interesting pieces of legislation that were being voted on. Abortion was up in in Michigan and California as well. Uh, Michigan and California, I think, were the two big ones. I think in Vermont, they had another abortion vote. And then I think the one – I may be wrong on this, but I think the one state where, like, the, the pro-life side won was Kentucky, which, you know, okay. is basically on brand. Checks out. Yeah. Although with Kansas coming in now, like, not being super red, you never know. Oh. <laughs> Northeast changing the world over there. Yeah. <laughs> Any other big things from this midterm that we should be looking out for or that surprised you or we should talk about? Yeah, we'll have to see what the turnout looks like, but it was definitely higher turnout than Obama's last few uh, midterms. Uh, You know, one of the things, you know, one of the warning signs, I would say, for Democrats, especially looking towards the Georgia runoffs, uh, is in the South, you have a decent rural black population. Uh, Mm -hmm. In state after state, like Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina even, uh, the Democrats in a lot of these rural black majority counties didn't get – didn't do as well as Biden or even Hillary. Um, So that's uh, that's something, although – you know, one of the big stories of 2020 was uh, the gains that Donald Trump made uh, with specifically Hispanics, I think, this year. That may be more of a mixed picture. I mean, definitely, I think Bronis Sisantis and Marco Rubio did very well in uh, Florida. But in South Texas, uh, there were three House seats that the Republicans were trying to capture in South Texas. Uh, Looks like they only got one of them. 
Um, so, you know, that was more of a mixed picture. Um, otherwise, it was basically other trends, I think, from recent cycles have basically continued. Uh, we were talking about Wisconsin a bit earlier uh, in Dane County, Wisconsin, which is Madison. Uh, Barnes you know, ended up losing statewide, but I think he at least matched Biden or maybe improved. Uh, in a place like that. So and definitely an acceleration of other trends like that. I think this was really a tide turner of just what matters to voters, who's coming out to vote and how people realize that literal democracy is on the line and people are trying to take action and prevent just complete anarchy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, we'll see how, you know, it's, well, there's, there, there's always another election too. So they're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Two more years and then we're going to be having the same conversations and I will yeah. not well, be drinking coffee and I'll be drinking four more beers. So one thing I will say that may bode well, just from a democracy perspective, um, is you know, one set of races that got more attention this year, especially after 2020, um, were races for Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Democrats did won those offices in states like Michigan, Arizona, and uh, Nevada that could have gone Republican. So that was uh, big. Um, that was definitely, I thought, a good story of this election. I think just like all this like election denial bullshit, I think people are starting to kind of read through it. Right. And I saw, you know, I I think probably, you know, we'll see what Carrie Lake does in Arizona if she loses by a close margin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure she's going to definitely have some complaints about that. But uh, Doug Mastriano, I saw earlier today, you know, who's a literal insurrectionist, basically, it was at Jan- January 6th. Yeah. He conceded his election. So I thought that was a good sign of, you know, maybe well, he sees which way the winds are blowing. You know, people are sick of that. It's nice to watch them fall. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Miles, thank you so, so much for coming back on and doing a breakdown sure. of everything that happened and how the midterms was not as bad for the Democrats as I thought and actually pretty good and pretty cool to see where America is feeling and standing and I think feeling better about it. Well, thank you for having me back. Of course. Everyone remember, this just shows how important voting is when literally you have a couple thousand votes making big decisions on who's representing you and your rights. So thank you so much. I'll be back next week and everyone have a great day.